Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we wrapped up last Sunday our series on joining Jesus on his mission. And we're starting a new series uh, today. It's going to be on the Lord's Prayer. And so um, some, year, <laughs> some years ago, a lot of years ago, when uh, Heather and I were in college, we were dating. And we went to this uh, church in Milford, Nebraska. How many of you heard of New Milford? Yeah, you've heard of Milford, Nebraska. That's about it, right? Milford, Nebraska. So we're going to this little tiny uh, church in Milford, Nebraska. It was not a Lutheran church. It's another denomination. And we go there. The pastor gets up. And he, he speaks. And his sermon is basically this. He says, it's wrong to pray the Lord's Prayer. It's wrong to do it. Because Jesus gave that as a model of how to pray. You're not supposed to do memorized, wrote prayers. That's what he said. And I'm a good Lutheran boy, going, huh? That's all I know are memorized row prayers, you know? Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Amen. In fact, I went to Concordia College in Seward, Nebraska, right? And there was a debate. Is it let these gifts or let thy gifts to us be blessed? So we, like, we merged it. So we would pray at Concordia College in Seward, Nebraska. We'd say, and let these thy gifts Let's be blessed. Amen. That was, that was controversy in Surrey, Nebraska. Right? That's how we rolled back then. I'm old. So um, it was odd. So the next Sunday we go back to the same church. And the district supervisor for this denomination was scheduled to preach at the church this Sunday. And I kid you not. His sermon was, the Lord's Prayer is the best prayer ever. We should pray it every single day because Jesus gave it to us. And here's this pastor sitting right in the front row just taking it all in. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And the truth is this. They were both right. They were both right. Memorized prayers can be just something you say. Just you say it, you just kind of get through it. I remember when I was in middle school, we would have competitions to see who could say the Lord's Prayer fastest. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind. I'm just guessing, but my guess is it wasn't a competition, right? At the same time, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. He says, okay, when you pray, pray like this. And he gives the Lord's Prayer. So if Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, it's not a bad prayer to copy. Maybe it's a good idea to copy that prayer. So what I want to do is take some, some, a few weeks here and just look at the Lord's Prayer. And in doing so, see what prayer means uh, for you and the gift that God gives you in prayer. So the disciples go to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. Which is an odd request because the disciples knew the scriptures, which for them is the Old Testament. And the Old Testament had a ton of examples of how to pray. One of them is Psalm 3, which says this. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies in the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. We don't pray that very often, do we? From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Psalm 3. It's a great prayer. 
And Hannah, or second, first Samuel chapter 2, Hannah has a great prayer of praise. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. It's a great prayer. The disciples, they grew up hearing prayers. They heard prayers in the synagogue. And yet they still say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I think the reason is because they saw Jesus pray. And they saw the gifts that Jesus received through prayer. They said, you know, Jesus, we want what you have. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus begins in the most unexpected way. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Our Father. There is a catalog of prayers in the Old Testament. This book of Psalms is mostly a lot of a ton of prayers. It's all, you could say it's all prayers. 150 prayers. All throughout the Old Testament records prayers. And I could only find two examples in the entire Old Testament where prayer says the words, you are Father, or you are our Father. The vast majority of the time, when God is referred to as a Father, He's referred to as the Father of Israel. He's the Father of all the people. And yet Jesus says, when you pray, say like this, our Father. It's incredible. It's incredible. And it indicates a few really important points. The first one is this. That if you get to call God Father, you have incredible access to God. Incredible. If God is your Father, then you have unprecedented access to the creator of the universe. If God is Father. I remember uh, some years ago, I walked into my office and there was one of my kids sitting at my desk chair. And I won't tell you which kid it was, but her name begins with M and ends with Ma, right? And she's sitting at my desk chair, and she's got her feet up on my desk. And she's, like, got the keyboard in her lap. And she's, like, doing something on the keyboard on my computer at my desk chair. And I walk in, and I'm looking, well, look at you. <laughs> If anyone else had done that, I'd be like, um, Dustin, are you sure you should be putting your feet up on my desk, right? That's What are you doing on my computer, Dustin? Seriously, dude, right? The kid has access. The kid gets to do what the kid wants. Do you remember that great picture of John F. Kennedy working at his desk, the Resolute desk, and underneath the desk, you have the door in the desk, and there's little John, playing underneath the desk of the President of the United States of America. When you're a kid, you get access. All right, little John didn't have to make an appointment with his dad to see if he can go and visit his dad. He goes whenever he wants, because he's a child. When Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father. What he's saying is, you have incredible access to God. 
And it's not because of, of what you do or what you can do or what you promise to do. See, the prayer, our Father, that, those two words, it changes everything. Because so many of you think that when you pray, you're making a case to God. And you're not. What you're doing is saying hello to the one who's inviting you in. Our Father also indicates this, that God wants to be with you. God wants to be with you. The best parents hang out with their kids. They talk while you're driving the car, right? You have at least, at least try at least one meal together a day. You do stuff together. You do chores together, whatever it has to be. But you spend time with the kids because we like being with them. It's important. So when you say our Father, your God answers and says, finally. It's like when the kid comes home from college. Just, you know, a random hypothetical example. When the kid comes home from college, you're like, you're here. You're here. And we get to be together. And so when you pray, our Father, the Lord God, creator of the universe, says, well, hello there, child. You have incredible access. It also means you have incredible value. You have incredible value. A God who wants to hear from you is a God who values you. So we live in a world where value, your value, is, is it's told to you, it's dependent on things that are out of your control sometimes. Quality of life. Right? Life has value dependent on quality. If you have a quality of life, well then you have a valuable life. If you don't have quality of life, well then you don't have a dependent on ability. What you've done, what you're capable of doing, then you have a good quality of life. With Jesus, it's completely different. He flips everything upside down. With Jesus, value is dependent not on quality of life or on capability of your life, but rather on relationship. Jesus Christ died and rose for you and establishes a relationship with you through his blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And now you have value. And because of that, you can say, Our Father, who art in heaven. And third, it indicates grace. Calling God our Father demonstrates incredible grace. Because it means that God has adopted you into, your, into his family. In Jesus' time in the Roman era, adoptions were very, very common. But you would never adopt a baby. Not in those days. You wouldn't do it. Because who knows what that baby's going to grow up to be. That's risky. So in Roman times, they would adopt adults. Right? So if there was a young man who was achieving lots, and you were a wealthy family, and you wanted to attach your family name to that rising star, then you might adopt that young man into your family. And then that young man would have access to your funds, your wealth, and then you would have access to his prestige. That's how adoption worked in Roman times. 
Jesus invites you to pray our Father, not because of who you are or what you've done, but because of who he is and what he's done for you. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And no other relationship works that way. Hardly any other relationship works that way. Imagine if you have a best friend, and someone says to you, so why do you like your best friend? And you say, well, well, he's just a really great person. Or she's really fun to be around with, right? That's what you might say about your best friend. No one ever says, well, he's constantly needy. Um, he, I'm on call 24-7 with this friend. Um, I mean, he, if he doesn't get something right away, he throws a tantrum. And that's why he's my best friend. No one ever says that. No one ever has a relationship with someone based on those conditions, except one other instance. And parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? You get those newborns, they're cute. But they don't do anything for you. I mean, seriously. You're on call 24-7. And what presents do they give you in return? Nothing but the stinky kind. That's all they can give for you. And if they, you, if they want something and you don't give it right away, oh, you're going to hear about it. And yet you say, I love this baby. And there's no practical reason in the world you should, except for one, that baby's yours. It's grace. It's grace in action. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. That's what he's saying. Your relationship to God is not based on who you are or what you can do, but on what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross and what he's given to you through the empty tomb. And here's the great thing. <laughs> Babies grow. <laughs> it's good. All right? I know you wish your kids would stay young forever, but none of it... Do any of you wish your babies with your kids stayed in like the newborn stage forever? Like forever? Yeah. Be like, mm, that's hard. It's hard, right? It's good when they grow. It's awesome when they grow. You know what makes babies grow? Oh man, a lot of care. <laughs> a lot of providing. A lot of teaching. A lot of correcting. A lot of grace. And a lot of love. That's how babies grow. And now you know why God invites you to say, when you pray, say, Our Father. It's because He loves you. He loves you because of what Jesus Christ did for you, that He's brought you into His family. And He says, Okay, it's time to grow. And one of the ways you do that is through prayer. Amen? So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Thank you for teaching us to pray. And Lord, thank you for giving us the ability to pray our Father. That we can approach, approach the throne of God, creator of the universe, all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, and say, God. Lord Jesus, it's a gift. We pray, Lord, that as we walk through the Lord's Prayer, that you would shape us, that you would mold us, 
that you would grow us to be your people in your world. For your glory and for our joy.